1: Hi I'm Helen Tupper and this is the Squiggly Careers podcast and today's episode is one of a series of short conversations that Sarah and I have had with this year's LinkedIn Changemakers which is really exciting because we're very proud to be one of those changemakers too and each of the people that we are speaking to is pioneering change in the world of work and they're making a really important difference in areas including equality, mental health and sustainability. We're really looking forward to learning more about how they've made change happen, their hopes for the future and how we can all get involved to support them too. So today you're going to hear my conversation with Andrew McCaskill and Andrew is on a mission to end job search misery which gets big thumbs up from Sarah and I because I think that job search process can be so hard for people and it takes a lot of energy and resilience to keep going when it can sometimes feel quite difficult and you don't get a lot of feedback on why. And Andrew himself actually went through an unexpected redundancy and now he spends his time helping job seekers navigate the ever-changing job market to overcome setbacks and also give people the confidence they need in those really big moments in their careers. He's got lots of insights and so much energy as well and I really enjoyed talking to him. So I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation and I will be back at the end to let you know how you can learn a bit more about Andrew's work and also who else you're going to be hearing from in this Changemakers series. Andrew, and welcome to the Squiggly Crears podcast. No,
0: thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here, Helen.
1: And we're recording this on the day the campaign has gone live. How, how are you feeling? It's quite early in the morning. It's not been out in the world for very long.
0: No, I'm feeling really excited. We both posted this morning, didn't we? And the initial reaction's been very, very positive. It's so um, nice. So the phone's been pinging. Sounds like there's a lot of support for what we're trying to achieve. So, yeah, great start, I think.
1: So let's start there then. What are you trying to achieve? What is the change that you, you want to make in the world?
0: Sure. So... Our mission and the change we want to make in the world is to end job search misery. That's kind of our North Star. That's the that's the thing that guides us every day in terms of what we're doing.
1: And where did that become your mission? What was the spark that got you started?
0: Yeah, so the origin story of all this was I was running a, an executive recruitment firm. We were kind of medium-sized, sort of 85 people, five countries, so had lots of different leaders and candidates coming through the place. And we just noticed that job searching had changed more in the last five years than probably the previous 25. And people were struggling with things like social media and personal branding and new interview techniques and outgrowing their network in general. So we were finding that people were really struggling whilst they're on the market. And at that point, we commissioned a bit of research internally, because we started to spot some trends. And the research that we did was we got every single shortlist that we put forward to a client, we ranked each candidate between the most keen at the top and the least keen at the bottom. So the most keen candidates were people who were On the market really wanted to get hired very very keen for the role and the least keen candidates were people who we'd had to influence and coerce into going to meet the client and be part of the recruitment process right so if keenness wasn't a factor and if availability wasn't a factor then of course you'd have a 20 percent chance of each candidate getting the role but what we found really frustratingly was that the most keen candidate the candidate that most needed the role was out of work was often even desperate for the role only got offered the role 5% of the time. But the least keen candidate, so the one who didn't want it, the one who we'd had to really push to go for the interview, et cetera, et cetera, got offered the role 40% of the time. So there was this horrible dynamic whereby you were eight times more likely to get offered a job if you didn't want it or need it. At which point we thought, we'd better start trying to work out why that is and start to offer some services to help these people in transition, Because it was really easy for people to fall into a negative cycle, have a confidence crisis. And it's one of these horrible things that kind of the longer it went on, the more desperate they got, the more knockbacks they got, the least likely they were to get hired. So it was that particular insight that kicked off the mission initially
1: my gosh I so want to delve into so is it about people playing hard to get and do we I, I want to dive yeah. into the solution and I'm trying to start I really want to focus on how we, how you make all this change happen I'm very intrigued uh, about the outcomes of that give us a little bit of insight into how you go about making that change so that it's not those people that are disengaged who are ultimately more successful in the recruitment
0: yeah totally so Uh, It's funny that you use the dating analogy, right, in terms of the hard-to-get, because there's there's definitely an element of that. So I was both frustrated and flabbergasted by this, right? And I sat in on a lot of interview panels, and once I started doing that, it became abundantly clear why this was. So people who were going into interviews without any emotional attachment to the result of the interview were more honest, were more authentic. They treated the interview as a two-way process, so the communication was very adult-to-adult, they were asking really challenging and incisive questions and they ultimately they just built trust that's what it was they were building trust through not being over pushy or not having such an emotional attachment so a lot of the work that we do obviously we help people attract in opportunities with personal branding and linkedin and cvs and all of that good stuff but a lot of the work we do is actually mindset related in terms of how to enter into an interview conversation in a way that attracts an offer and really gets you out your own way
1: Oh, this is fascinating. It was making me think about interviews I've been in where I might have been. You know, when you're too keen, you're too nice. Really interesting. Okay, lots of tips there for people with interviews. But when you mentioned mindset there, changing mindset is hard. That's going to take a lot of effort and energy from you. And, you know, an individual level, one person's mindsets to an industry's level, multiple people's mindsets, maybe millions of people's mindsets. What keeps you going? Because change isn't always easy and you're taking on quite a big challenge. (laughs)
0: Oh, what keeps me going is really easy, Helen. I'm like completely spoiled every single day and week with people sending me messages saying, that little tip that you gave me before the interview, I've just got the offer. I had a text message at 10 o'clock last night, one of my ongoing clients who's just landed a role at eBay, dream roll over the... Like, I have absolutely no issue with keeping going on the mission because I'm completely spoiled with recognition. But also I'm faced every single day with a lot of people in a lot of pain, in trying to help people broadly who are in transition through who can't afford our services or whatever through content and our books and everything we're putting out there so i'm inspired by both the results but also that the pain that i see and the struggle that i see for people who are in transition because it doesn't just affect one person. I don't know if you've ever been made redundant yourself, have you? Have you ever been in that situation?
1: Yeah, I've gone through my role. When I was coming back from maternity leave, my baby was was literally the first day I got (laughs) back from my maternity leave, my baby was four months old.
0: Wow, (laughs) right? Charming. So there you go. So needless to say, without deep diving into that, you would have suffered almost like a grieving process, right? It's it's a huge change. You get angry. You can start to obsess about your previous employer. Quite often there's some kind of fighting and legals and contractuals involved. All of that stuff is super, super stressful. So, yeah, it's seeing the suffering and seeing the results. I literally have no issue, uh, no issue cracking on at the moment. We're, we're really getting stuck in.
1: And is there a particular moment over the last 12 months that you feel really proud of that really signifies the significance of what you, you're doing?
0: Yeah, so the moment I feel most proud of is every Thursday at 12.15 on LinkedIn, we've been doing, uh, we've had 65 episodes now, where every Thursday we go on and we do what we call our Job Search Hacks Live. And so this is for an international audience of job seekers, and they come on and they ask us questions about CVs or LinkedIn or interviewing or working with headhunters, or whatever it might be, and we just give them as much value as we can. That is the thing that I'm the most proud of, is that show, because there's a community that's built behind that who are supporting each other, who are working to make sure that each other doesn't feel isolated. And they've actually helped a number of times. That community's joined up in a way that's actually delivered people into roles, which is just amazing. So that community that we've built over and above anything in terms of what we've done with the business and, and everything else, that's been what I'm most proud of. It's been great to watch.
1: Also, well, just reflecting on the change that we're making in Amazing If and sometimes what's worked, I can see some parallels on what you've just said there, like a combination of... Creativity, community, and consistency. I.e., you you have an idea, that's the kind of creativity. You pull a community around it who are kind of inspired by that idea, kind of job search hacks, and then you're just consistent. Somebody asked me the other day, like, how have you built such a big community? And I'm like, I just keep doing the same things every week, and people just keep coming. It's not that part of it isn't rocket science, really.
0: No, well, I like your three C's model there. I think that's absolutely (laughs) on the money. And yeah, we got very fortunate with the timing as well, because when we set up the business and, and left the executive recruitment world and went all in on this particular vision, it was December 2019. It was record low unemployment. We were thinking, oh, yeah, maybe we'll pick up a few clients and this will all be good. And of course, three or four months later, suddenly the whole world changes our followership just through the fact that we were in the right place at the right time, went through the roof. And all of a sudden we were given this platform that we're now trying to make sure that we pay it forward and that we help as many people as possible.
1: It's brilliant. It's really inspiring. Has anything surprised you as you've gone about this change that maybe, I don't know, challenged some of your assumptions or uh, you went over and above your expectations? I guess a learning that has surprised you along the way?
0: A learning that surprised me, well, there's been heaps, right? But one that really sticks out is the, the bias that exists in the recruitment market. So when I was on the other side of the fence, I downplayed both conscious and unconscious bias. I didn't believe it was a huge factor in how the decisions were being made. But having now reverse engineered it and sat working with the job seekers, with the candidates, I see an incredible amount of bias out there that we need to work on. And I find that really, really disappointing. I mean, not all of it is voluntary, but I think there's a lot more education required in that space to, to remove some of the bias that are involved in the processes.
1: I think there's another, another really good insight in that. If you're trying to make change, make sure that you see both sides of the world that you're trying mm-hmm. to change. Because I think sometimes you come at it from one perspective and then you're better able to influence when you can see both sides too.
0: Well, I think as part of a squiggly career strategy, that makes sense. You know, I think if you're a buyer, the best thing you could do would be to do a couple of years in sales before you then went back to being a buyer. It would make you a better buyer to do that for exactly that same reason. And when people are asking us for career advice, we're kind of talking to them about that. You're absolutely right. Reverse engineering from the other side of the fence is so insightful. It's incredible.
1: And how optimistic are you feeling about the future in the context of the change that you're making?
0: I'm very optimistic with the Changemaker campaign, with kind people like yourself inviting us onto podcasts and the platform that we're getting to talk about what we're doing. I feel like we're getting our message out there. I feel like Employers are also being held to account in terms of making sure they're dealing with job seekers appropriately, giving feedback, being transparent, running fair and equitable processes, all of that stuff. So I'm super optimistic. I feel like the change was already happening, but the last two years and the COVID and everything else has really accelerated that. And whilst it's been a a terrible time for so many people, I think there's a whole heap of positive innovations and appetite for change that's coming out the back of it.
1: Oh, I feel excited about it, talking to you. Um, our, our listeners are a very active and supportive group. If there was one thing that they could do to support you in the change you're making, what, what would it be?
0: There's this thing called the etch sketch effect, Helen, right, which is when you're on the job market, you're very in tune with how hard it feels and how tough it is and the constant rejection and everything. But then you land in role. And the etch sketch effect happens, as I call it, which is you kind of wipe that clean, you drop straight into your new role as a marketing director, whatever you end up doing, and you completely forget what it feels like to be on the job market. Now, the one thing everybody listening to this podcast can do is if you're in a job right now, don't forget, like pledge that you won't forget that it's a human behind that CV, that's a human on the other side of that interview table, and they're going through a really tricky time. So simply, you know, giving them the gift of good feedback making sure that you reply to what they're doing, checking in on friends and family who are telling you they're all right when they might not be. That's what everyone can be doing.
1: And if people want to find out more about your work, maybe they want to join the LinkedIn sessions that are happening every week or get some of the tools and resources that you're putting out, where where should they go?
0: No, thank you. So Andrew McCaskill. So it's M-A-C-A-S-K-I-L-L. Obviously, LinkedIn being uh, our main channel at the moment please do follow and connect on there. I say we go live at 12.15 and we've got a website which has got a whole heap of free resources for people in transition. And that's www.execcareerjump.com.
1: And I will put all of the links to that in the description so everyone will be able to find that very, very easily. And I've been on there and looked on it and there's loads of good stuff. So everyone everyone should be heading off there. One last question for you. I feel like we've packed a lot into our conversation, but one last one. A piece of career advice, maybe something that you have has inspired you or something that you think could help our listeners with their career going forward.
0: Oh, so An old one, but a good one is pick a leader, not a job. That is the best bit of career advice anyone can ever give you. So many people are obsessed with the brand they're working for, the product they're working for, the job title. And it's all kind of irrelevant in comparison to the relationship that you have with your direct leader. Fulfillment comes from working from somebody that you trust, who trusts you, and in a way that brings success for you both. So pick a leader, not a job. That's my best tip.
1: Thank you so much for listening to today's special episode of the squiggly careers change makers podcast and if you would like to learn more about andrew's work you can find all of the links in our show notes to his website and also his linkedin profile where you can join some of those sessions that he mentioned that he does on linkedin live and don't forget that you can also listen to some of the other short conversations we've had with the LinkedIn change makers, including Layla Ajaralu sharing her work on sustainability and my conversation with Martin Sibley, which was discussing disability equality as well. So hope you find those useful. Do let us know if you've got any feedback. We love to hear how you've been inspired by these conversations as well. You can just email us. We're Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com and we will both be back again with you very soon. So bye for now.